Those are the free agent options. What are the trade options that jumped out at you? <laughs> so, all right, listen, just, just bear with me for a second. I can't wait till he says no on Arenado right out the gate. Well, okay. <laughs> Am I right? Am I right? <laughs> okay, so this is, my, this is my philosophy. I have three names that I'm looking at right. that are trade candidates. Now, I'm not happy with all three. I'm really, there's one that I really think that could be potential, but I will start with Nolan Arenado because if you look at St. Louis, they had a very weird year, okay? They weren't good at all. They were contemplating trading guys during the trade deadline. Um, I know that that Arenado loves St. Louis. Clearly, he signed, he he extended his contract, all that other stuff. So he he's good there. But let's think about big picture. If the Mets don't work on a deal with Pete Alonso, is there a way that you bring Nolan Arenado to this team, make a trade for him? He's locked and loaded. I know he's had some injury issues, back issues, but is there a transition to first base for him in the future? Well, I think he's still an elite-level go-glove defensive third baseman. I don't know if he – did he win the goal? I don't think he won the go-glove this season, but he's he won the go-glove almost every single year. I think what would concern me about him is, while he didn't have a bad year last year by any stretch, he could be declining. He's 33 years old. He's getting paid $30 million a year, so it's a monstrous contract. You're getting him on the back end. And there, there has to be, as much as Steve Cohen has a lot of money and we love the idea of spending all of his dollars, there comes a point where you got to be smart in some of the contracts you take back. And I don't know if that's a smart contract to take back. He signed till 2027. I'm, I'm concerned. I'm concerned about what is he next year and the year after and the year after that. Is he still going to be that electric elite offensive player? I'd prefer to have Pete Alonso long term. Than just absorbing the end of this contract, right? But he, but but twenty twenty seven is not as far away as we make it sound. Like we're talking about twenty twenty five on a Brandon Woodruff thing. Twenty twenty seven free agency is not that far away. So realistically, if Nolan Arrow come Arenado comes in and gives you a year or two max, and you still keep a Beatty or Mauricio around, they could still sneak in there. It's not that long term enough where we're 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 dying on Nolan Arenado for ten years. Yeah, I don't think the Cardinals are trading him either. Uh, I don't think it's that realistic, but all okay. Right. All right, so that, that's first option. You love the fact that I called that right out of the gate. You know, I knew you, you kind of pissed me off once in a while, but I'll let that slide. <laughs> it's, a, it's 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 okay. It's okay. I know you well. I knew that was the first guy okay, coming. Okay, who's the next guy coming? Who's the next guy coming? Uh, now nah, I'm stumped. I don't know. Okay, good. Alex Bregman from the Astros. Why the hell are they trading him? Well, when is his contract up? Alex Bregman is a free agent at the end of this upcoming season. Okay. So there is a, are the Astros going to sign him to a big year? This is kind of a Pete Alonzo thing. Are they, what the Astros have done very well, and you can, you would admit it. They just freaking went back to the World Series, didn't they? Mm-hmm. Right? Okay. They, 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 they are one of the most successful franchises in the. I mean, they didn't go back to the World Series this year, but I right, get your point. Right, right, right. They, they Okay. But the point is, is that the Astros continue to build with a great farm system. They just continue to bring up people after, whether it's Jordan Alvarez, whether it's Kyle Tucker, you name it, they keep on bringing guys up, okay? Alex Bregman could be traded, and they they seem to be a very Tampa Bay Rays-heavy organization to understand how to bring up and bring in good prospects. I could see them just breaking ties with Bregman because why are they going to pay him? 
You know why, why I would counter that? They may not sign Alex Bregman. You're right. I don't know if they will. They've certainly shown the balls to let guys go. But think about George Springer and Carlos Correa. They let him go. You know what I mean? Like, they didn't trade him. They got everything they could out of both guys. They made some kind of token effort to re-sign them, but not really. And they let them leave. So I, I wonder if the game plan with an Alex Bregman would be the same way, which is, yeah, we'd like him back. We're going to try to win in 2024. So having Bregman certainly gives us that shot. And if we lose him in free agency, we lose him in free agency. Their track record has kind of been, we're going to try to win and then we're going to let guys go. Yeah, but also part of that is because they've had like, you know, the organization, the leaders have like changed hands the past few years too, right? I mean, it hasn't been consistency because of the consistency. No, the the only consistency is the owner, Jim Crane. Right. That's it. So Right, but what I'm saying is they have shown... They're not trading guys a year early. They're letting them play out their deals and then just not re-signing them if they don't. Springer, Correa, Garrett Cole are three examples of it. I don't think they would trade him because I don't think the return that they would get, and I'll tell you why I wouldn't do it anyway if I'm the Mets. I'll get to that in a second. But I don't think their return would help them win a championship in 2024. And they're still feeling like, hey, we can win. I mean, think about how close they came to getting to another World Series. So I don't think they'll trade him on my end, I'll tell you why I wouldn't trade for him. And it's very consistent with things I've said about Juan Soto and Corbin Burns. I I don't have the stomach right now for where the Mets are to be trading prospects for a guy who's a free agent at the end of the season. I'm just, and that's not me conceding the season. I'm clearly not. I, I want the Mets to go out and improve this roster and try to win in 2024 and just make the playoffs because the Diamondbacks already proved it. Just make the playoffs get hot at the right time. Anybody can get to a World Series. But I don't want to take a farm system that's been rebuilt and trade assets for a guy that I could just sign at the end of next year. I mean, think about it. Pete, if Beatty and Mauricio fail or one of my one-year deals fail or he's good and the contract's up, and now Bregman gets the free agency, what would stop the Mets from just signing Alex Bregman to be their third baseman in 2025? No, you're, you're, you're right. You're right. And that I, I, I'm kind of lean that way all the time, too. But it just, listen, it's an exercise. <laughs> I no, I agree. I'm giving you my answer, though. It's the, it's the reversal of our, the game we played earlier. And my answer is, I'm out. No, thanks. All right. How about this? I'm going big game hunting here, my friend. Oh, here we and go. This is, this is the one that I really want to save the best for last. It's really okay. juicy. And it comes from the West Coast, the San Diego Padres, because they are screwed financially. Manny Machado is signed till the end of time. <laughs> Go get Manny Machado. Bring him here. He's going to be your third baseman for te- the next 10 years. End of story. And his numbers are always consistent. And he's 30 years old, dude. Or 31. He's going to be 31 next year. It's it is exactly the type of signing that you need. He plays all the time. Am I right? I mean, he's yes. had some, he's had yes. he's had some he had a major injury once, but he plays all the time. He's good. I'm telling you right now, that guy would be amazing in Queens, and we don't have to worry about it ever again. Manny Machado, of course. I mean, I'm not going to say no to that. I I don't know how deep the Padres' financial issues are. And how deep it would go in terms of how many of these big contracts they recently handed out, they would move on from. Because they signed Manny Machado to that new contract less than a year ago. So, 
are they that quickly ready to move on from him? I would absolutely be interested. See, that one is more up my alley because I got him long-term. I do. It's a long contract, and certainly it may look ugly by the end of it. He signed until 2033, making over $30 million a year, but he is incredible defensively. You laid it out. He goes out and plays every day. I have seen no indication, though, that the San Diego Padres are going to move him, and that'd be my hesitation on it. So, yay, I'm in. Sign me up. Let's go get Manny. As Craig once said, shake your fanny, go get Manny. It's a very different Manny, but still, it applies. I'm in. I don't think it's happening. So with this exercise complete in terms of the big game trade hunting, in terms of the free agents that are out there, it's been kind of lukewarm. It has. There's a few I'm good with. There's a few you're good with, but there isn't a lot of Yeah, let's go. And so it goes back to where we started the podcast. Are they better off simply having a competition at third base, adding a bat in the outfield, adding a bat at DH? We'll get into those in future podcasts. So certainly improving the lineup, which I think a lot of us feel they need to do, but at least looking at third base and saying true blue competition, Beatty, Mauricio, let's go. Is that the best option? Because I got to tell you, Pete, this exercise only reinforces to me, I think it is the best option. Uh, we, we forgot about the Christopher Morell thing. Do we want to talk about him at all? Oh, no? my God, Christopher <laughs> Morell. First of all, you know, I, I, there's something about trade rumors that bother me. And I'm going to give you, like, the basketball analogy that's obnoxious to people in Philadelphia. And that is the New York Knicks are monitoring the Joel Embiid situation. It's obnoxious because there's no indication the Philadelphia 76ers are trading Joel Embiid. And so to hear a team that's not as good as the Sixers float out, we're monitoring if the MVP of the league becomes available is like, come on. Like, can't the Sixers leak out? We're monitoring on the availability of Jalen Brunson and play the same game. Now, the reason I bring that up is while Pete Alonso is a free agent at the end of the 2024 season, and there have been rumors about Pete Alonso being available via trade and teams being interested in him. So I'm not denying Alonso couldn't be had in the right deal. The idea that we'd get a report from Chicago that simply said, the Cubs believe they can use Christopher Morrell as the big piece in a Pete Alonso trade. Makes me sick. Like, I, I like Christopher Morrell. I want to make that very clear. Adam on my fantasy team this year. He had 26 home runs. He was in the minor leagues to begin the year. And the guy could play everywhere. He's got a lot of position eligibility, as some may say. But if I was a Major League Baseball player, I would strike out at the same pace as Christopher Morrell. Now, granted, I wouldn't hit 26 home runs. I wouldn't hit 250. I wouldn't have an 820 OPS. But that man is a strikeout machine. He makes Pete Alonso look like Wee Willie Keeler when it comes to contact. And while Christopher Morrell could certainly be in a Pete Alonso trade, like I'm good with that, he is not the centerpiece of a Pete Alonso trade. And again, that report came from the Cubs. That report came from... That's what the Cubs think. Who cares what the Cubs think? There's a lot of things they can think, 
But David Stearns, you would be just mauled by Met fans publicly if you agreed to trade Pete Alonso to the Cubs with Christopher Morrell being the centerpiece. Are you bringing this up because Christopher Morrell played a bunch of games at third base so he could be the third base option? Yeah, I mean, that's what they were talking. Yeah, that that was the rumor. He does have third base eligibility. It's so. not a rumor. <laughs> it's the Cubs saying we think this would be enough. And guess what? <sighs> it better not be enough. It better not be enough. Hey, look, I'll make the Cubs uncomfortable. All right? And I'm not saying they should say yes to this. They don't have to say yes to anything. I'm telling you, this is how I'd view the Pete Alonso thing. Cubs want Pete Alonso? I'd say, okay, we're interested in Justin Steele and Pete Crow Armstrong. And if you're not comfortable trading Justin Steele, who got a lot of Cy Young votes, and I understand you shouldn't be comfortable trading Justin Steele. I'm not recommending that you should. But maybe you think, ah, we got a career year out of him, 27, 28 years old. We'll trade him for Pete. That's what I'm considering. Pete Crow Armstrong and Justin Steele, let's go. I'd make that. I think I'd make that trade, Pete. I'd make that trade. I still want Pete, but I mean, I, 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 yeah, I guess I could think about that. I like Pete Crow Armstrong, though. I, I, we, he should, he should always be a man. Yeah. Listen, the truth is, when that trade was made, and I know that Zach Scott has talked openly about it now, was on one of our sister podcasts talking about it. I don't think any of us freaked out about it. I think we were all excited that, hey, they got Javi Baez. Hey, they're going to have a chance to win. And what's weird about that trade is that I know we think of the thumbs down and we think of the Mets falling apart, and that's fine. You should. Javier Baez, in the games he played for the New York Mets, was as productive as he's ever been in his major league career. Look it up. Guy at 300. Guy at nine home runs. Guy at almost a 900 OPS. Javier Baez was a damn good Met for the 47 games he played. The problem is the team sucked and they fell apart. And Pete Crow Armstrong could turn out to be a superstar. And Javi Baez had the thumbs down and the Mets didn't sign him. And obviously Baez has been a disaster for the Tigers. But when you look at his tenure here, it's tough to say that that acquisition was bad in terms of the performance he gave. So look, here's my final verdict. I lean towards a competition as much as a competition doesn't really tell you much between Ronnie Mauricio and Brett Beatty. On one-year deals, the guys I'm most intrigued by only on one-year deals are Justin Turner and Jaimir Candelario. That's where I'm at. So my final verdict is if I could get one of those guys on a short-term deal, fine. If not, I guess I go to camp and say, let's go. I'd have Ronnie Mauricio with a slight edge going in. So tie goes to Mauricio. Open competition, Beatty versus Mauricio. What's your final verdict, Pete? I hate this. Um, I mean, clearly Manny Machado, but that's not going to happen. Um, you know what? I think you kind of sold me on Turner because you're only going to you're only going to sign for one year, and I think that he gives you the best. If he's going to be consistent with what he's done, he'll give, he'll give you the best numbers. And if something significant happens, again, what's the worst that happens? You're still going to fight out with Mauricio and and Beatty. And in this situation, I'm almost okay with that because eventually one of those two have to take the job. Am I correct? Does one of them have to take the job? Well, you'd like to have one of those two guys. I I think (laughs) ideally, I mean, unless we're sitting here next. I mean, no, no. Look, we could be sitting here next year and going back to one of your ideas and saying they got to go get Alex Bregman. Or, Or the other thing we should keep in mind, and I don't know how likely it is, 
is the Mets have a bunch of kids in their system, in a Jet Williams, in a Luis Angel Acuna, who we don't know what their final position is going to be. And I'm not suggesting, especially based on their size, that Acuna or Williams ends up at third base. It's probably unlikely just because they're not tall guys, and I think we've just grown accustomed to that kind of physicality at third base, even though Alex Bregman's not the tallest guy in the world. But the other possibility is somebody in this farm system developing at third base. But I think right now, Mauricio and Beatty are the options, and I guess Mark Viento's getting better enough defensively where he starts to become a factor. But I leave him out because Stearns has left him out. Like David Stearns doesn't view Mark Vientos, I don't think, as a legitimate third base candidate. So, yeah, you bring Turner in for a year where he may end up DHing more than playing third base anyway. You haven't closed the door on the development of Brett Beatty and Ronnie Mauricio. Yeah, I mean, it's just it's not ideal because I think I don't want to go into 2024 with a hole at any major position. And to me, third base, that's a that's a spot where you need to have you need, you can't have that many holes. And right now, with the outfield the way it is, and third base being the way it is, it, there's just too many question marks. Look. There are going to have to be question marks, and for this team to be good, they're going to have to answer them with exclamation points. And I remember saying this last year at this time when we looked at the offseason and looked at the offense specifically. I thought one of the keys was that the young players were going to have to contribute. Brett Beatty, Francisco Alvarez specifically. Alvarez did, no doubt. I think he gave us a solid, solid, solid rookie season. Brett Beatty failed. And while I wouldn't say he was a main factor in the Mets' struggles last year, there were obviously a lot of other things that led to their demise. Brett Beatty was a huge disappointment. And if the Mets are going to have a good year in 2024, it's not all on Brett Beatty necessarily. It's not all on Ronnie Mauricio. But you are going to need contributions from the youngins. No doubt about it. And there are other areas where they can improve this offense, specifically left field and designated hitter. And we'll certainly spend more time on those other positions. We will have a lot more Rico Bronias as this offseason continues, whether breaking news occurs to give you instant reactions or doing deep dives into positions like we did today at third base. You can email the pod, the RicoB at gmail.com, the RicoB at gmail.com. Thank you very much for listening and downloading Rico Bronia. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Rico Bronia podcast. It's amazing, isn't it? Make sure you download it now to keep it on you at all times. 